is Selena. Beady beady bomb bomb. Hey everyone, welcome to Roll Call, the show where two childless millennials gush over movies and follow an actor's journey from their early years through their blockbuster hit. Because, let's face it, we miss blockbuster. Ugh, yeah, someone's gotta keep that bitty bitty bum bum blockbuster spirit alive. You know those people who are like, OMG, I've watched all of your movies. Well, we're doing it and we're documenting our journey. <laughs> and what a journey it is. Hola, mi nombre es Bria. Me siento, me siento muy excited. And always and forever, it's going to be anything for Salinas. <laughs> and I'm Simone. And I wish that I could just pound pizza and Doritos and Coke all day and still look as hot as Selena <laughs> and Jennifer Lopez. But um, you can't have a podcast where two 90s babies talk about a iconic iconic film about a not only a film that came out in our childhood but about a singer that was so prominent in our upbringing um and so that is why in today's episode when we're chatting about Jennifer Lopez's uh, acting in Selena we are we're just going to see how this thing goes and you know what if we're gonna make a two-parter we're gonna make a two-parter baby <laughs> all right so of course we're talking about 1997 selena so let's take a trip back to the year 1997 in march simone what do you got for me for pop culture all right well if we're looking at movies that also came out in march of 1997 we have the devil zone we have honey we shrunk ourselves we have Howard Stern's Private Parts and Jungle to Jungle. Jungle to Jungle. I love that movie. Um, that's a, a stiff family movie competition, I feel like. Jungle and a little jungle. Yes, yeah. And yeah, like it's a it's a pretty good variety where, where we have jungle to jungle and honey, we shrunk ourselves, but we also have some adult variety in there and something for the music lovers. Yes. Any yeah, box office facts for like cost budget? I do. So there, this movie had a budget of twenty million dollars. It was a gross of thirty-five million dollars U.S. But since then, and over the years, it just has accumulated a lot of wealth, considering that there have been many re-releases of various specials. Um, whether they are premiering on TV or re-releases on DVD, Blu-ray, digital, all the shit to just to keep up with the trend of how movie viewing is going. Um, and so it just continues to increase in revenue over the years. It's, it's one of those things that I feel like will make money and will always make money. I myself debated buying the Blu-ray copy. I do have a DVD copy, but the Blu-ray copy has like the extended director's cut or something. And I was highly curious as to what was in that versus what's in the copy I have. So I'm sure tons of people have bought. Um, one thing I learned is that JLo made history with this role. She sure did. Tell us about that history. 
Um, basically, she became the highest paid Latina actress with a $1 million salary for Selena, which at that time was unheard of. So, like, mad props to her for mm-hmm. breaking down that glass ceiling. And so what's what's your I, I have a strong movie history with uh, <laughs> this movie. Um, do you remember when you first saw this movie or? Yes. So I was young. Um, I didn't see it the year it came out. We did not see this in theaters. I want to say my sister did, who's three years older than me. So I want to say she went and maybe my mom brought her and a few of her friends to the movies to go see it. Um, But I definitely I think I remember watching this for the first time at home. Um, Damn well could have been a blockbuster rental. (laughs) <laughs> for all I know. Um, but my um, my sister and I grew up in what I like to call a jazzercise household, meaning that my mother was a jazzercise instructor up until I was um, almost in, in middle school when she had changed jobs. And so she was constantly playing um, her cassette tapes of to, like out loud to like practice her routines at home. She did plenty a a routine to selena um really (laughs) oh my i would totally can can miss patricia do selena (laughs) jazzer song i will ask her i don't think she has any more of the cassettes she's gotten rid unfortunately gotten rid of them i mean we have spotify apple music title (laughs) that's true that's so true yeah i'm sure miss pat would be very happy to teach us a little a little jazzy routine um but because of that you know like her music was played at least a lot of her most popularized singles were played a lot in my house um and so i think my first memory of seeing this was my sister had a sleepover and had a friend um her and her friend had chosen this movie to watch and i had watched it with them leah such good taste yeah (laughs) I remember I'm younger than you, so I was really young, and I don't know for sure if it was a blockbuster rental. I feel like it was just like on like HBO cable, yeah, and watching it, and I was just enthralled with like everything about the movie, the performances, the outfits, the music, all of it. Loved it, and. I remember, of course, being like highly upset that, of course, she dies at the end. But yeah, that's my that's my history <laughs> with Selena. Trying to keep it short and sweet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and what is Roger Ebert's history or some review history with Selena? All right. So out of five stars, Roger Ebert gave this a solid three and a half. Which surprised me. I thought he would give it at least a full four. Yes. Um, but some of his highlights and a lot of his commentary, I agree with. And I'll try not to like use his points too much again, because there's a lot of other movie critics out there besides Roger Ebert. But um, he says one of his biggest points is that Selena brings a freshness and a heart to the life story um, and really brought like that. Jennifer Lopez had done a great job at really capturing the innocence 
and vulnerability that the singer had. And this was something that I was reminded to, which we'll get into when we start to really get into the like cast. But I really forgot how young Selena was um, and how just so needless and tragic her passing was. Um, and the true crime, like obsessive person in me when we were first starting to talk about how we wanted to record this podcast and episode and how, you know, we could want to do this in two separate parts. And initially I thought, well, maybe we should cover at least some information about her death. And then that's not what Selena should be remembered for. I mean, she made history about her representation in the Latinx community and as a bilingual singer, someone who grew up um, in Texas and also how incredibly loyal her fan base was. And so looping back around, I have a point where I'm going with this, but that Roger says that Selena's smart in not letting the singer's death dominate the story of her life. That we meet her killer, Yolanda Salvidar, um, almost obliquely uh, when she's introduced as the manager of Selena's new boutique and former president of her fan club, and soon that there's a discrepancy. And then it's the, and then that's really it. And the last scenes of the movie are, are after her passing. So I feel I, I really agree with that, that the movie was really smart and spent so much time about um, Selena's upbringing and how incredibly loyal and sometimes scary her fan base could get. And those are excellent points. And um, a little thing I found out as well is that um, her father, Abraham, did not really want her death uh, depicted in the movie. Like, okay. he didn't. He wanted it to end prior to that. And Gregory Nava had to convince him that even though it's obviously sad and devastating that it's important to put that in there because it's what happened and you know and i think it was really smart of them really to like leave it to the end because without that honestly this is like just like a feel-good awesome ass like music movie like about totally. an artist Totally. And if you didn't know it, like if you didn't know a lot about Selena, like if you were a newcomer or a younger generation person watching this movie and they and that scene was not included at the end, it would have just been a very fun, lighthearted biopic about a very successful young singer. Um, And but I think for us, even if that wasn't included, it still would have felt like this very bittersweet ending because although the movie would have been major for the majority like super happy um and sweet we're still reminded of what eventually happened yeah and um to go off of that as well like um in some of my research and looking at interviews and stuff um edward james almost he made like the best point one of the best points i came across about like in terms of this movie and summing it up because it really is the American dream and the American tragedy all rolled up into one. And 
that last part really fucks with you, but the the American dream part is so important, I think, because it just I mean that just encapsulates like the whole seventy five percent of the movie until the end really is just like this family and this girl really pursuing this dream they have of music and seeing it like seeing it progress and things come to fruition and then seeing like her start to like be able to semi-bask into the success only for it to be of course ripped away before really even probably she even peaked or you know absolutely it was honestly just the beginning yeah and to go back to like you saying you had to remember how young she was like I think watching it as a kid and watching it as a teenager preteen like obviously you're like oh my god like that sucks but being like 28 now and being like wow like I'm older than she ever got to be like it fucks with me in multiple ways because part of me is like damn she did so much and she's only 23 unfortunately (laughs) when she passed away so I watched the interview with the cast they were on a talk show called Lisa and um Edward James almost also talked about how important it was for the family to tell Selena's story and to control the narrative rather than letting someone else do it especially because Selena died in 1995 but like the turnaround of like she had just died yeah yeah the turnaround of her death in the movie like a lot of people at that time were kind of like what but there was a lot of other stuff coming out about like her death and the circumstances and rumors and books that were unauthorized and stuff like that so in a way like it was really smart for them to like be able to like be like no we're gonna do this if anybody's gonna do it and do it before like some other studio and that's not to say that um unauthorized things are terrible but like for the Mm -hmm. most part I think a lot of times it's helpful it's really helpful to have the family involved and I also think that that's a benefit to the movie in comparison to the series that came out uh in 2020 and I also think too that it it's also to me like of all the biopics I've seen that I've found to be really good or you know really successful the artist has had a role in it if they're still alive for their family or maybe they were somewhat a part of it before they passed if they passed I think you respect a biopic more when you feel like the artist like has some say and there's some truth to it it's not a whole question of like right. well was that true? Or of course there are some inaccuracies because I think not everything in life translates to movies, but sure. There's going to be dramatization somewhere, but I think that that's really important and special that if an artist isn't there to be a part of the making of their biopic film, that at least their family or those who are close to them have some say in how their movie's going to be made. And it sounds like that's exactly what happened with Selena. And I know you did a lot of deep dive research and already knew a lot about the making of this film prior. And so 
I'll be real honest, a lot of this I'm actually hearing for the very first time. Because when I went back to rewatch this after so many years, I really just wanted to focus um, solely on Jennifer Lopez's performance and then comparing them side by side to live performances from Selena. When Jennifer Lopez was announced to play the role of Selena, that her fan base was like uh gave a lot of negative feedback like they were not happy um about that casting role um but that her family really was supportive of it and that they kind of have continued to stay not close but at least have some kind of relationship but duh you probably already knew that (laughs) well i also i have a little a little bit to add to that so please um yeah so j-lo got a lot of kickback initially in her casting because she's puerto rican and she's from new york and selena is mexican and she's from mexican-american and she's she's from texas but as with i think most successful portrayals of someone who was real you really cast for the sake of them being able to play the role and give like be able to breathe life into that characterization of that person because of course they're never going to be that person but Mm -hmm. they are bringing them to life in a way and um i think it was a great choice but um there's something i was going to say oh that her family like they eventually came around to jennifer lopez's casting but initially she wasn't their first pick either oh Well, then going off of that, since Jennifer Lopez did spend some time um, with the Quintanilla family, that you have some interesting information about her preparation for this role and how how this role has made a very lasting impression on her. So she stayed with the family in Corpus Christi, and I believe she stayed with Suzette. I'm not sure if Suzette lived separately from um her parents at that time but i'm guessing suzette really was like kind of her like chaperone person to hang out with go around with show her stuff um talk to her about selena answer questions she watched lots of tape of her stuff that her family had of her which i'm sure was everything from performances to just like home videos and stuff like that and allegedly she's slept in her bed mm-hmm. which i'm guessing is her childhood bed not her bed like because at that time she was when she passed she was married and was living away from not away from home really because she lived like down the street yeah <laughs> she had her own home so she wasn't living with her parents so i'm guessing it's like her childhood her bedroom prior to when she was married one of the quotes that um i took out from 1997's Latina Magazine, which also launched that year with J-Lo on the cover. <gasps> she was the first edition? Yes. Oh, cool. <laughs> that, that's a good way to say it. But yeah, she's the first edition of Latina Magazine. But in it, she talks about Selena, obviously, because I'm guessing it was promo for the movie as well. And um, she said the hardest thing was really dealing with the fact that she had passed away and having her family that sometimes I would be watching her footage and I would have to stop. I would get too depressed and 
and feel like crying. And that like, that got to me a little Mm -hmm. bit because I can only imagine, again, it wasn't that far off from her passing away. And even Jayla admits to like, not, she knew of Selena and stuff and had heard her, but not really being like a huge fan or something of it. So I'm sure just learning about her and stuff, like we all have watched watching this movie, you you're rooting for her and you think like at least in the movie and in other stuff that I watch, like she seems like an amazing person. Everyone always has beautiful things to say about her and how loving she was with her fans and stuff like that. And I can only imagine like being amongst all that with having to try to make this movie like having those moments where it's like too hard to like go through the research part another good point she said too was that she worked on the character to the very end of filming and she didn't want to forget like what she was doing and who she was so she would watch her videos every night and stuff and she wasn't the only one who spent a lot of time with the family. John Seda, who plays Chris, spent time with Chris. He actually stayed with Chris in their old house. Um, one thing that he talked about that, like, I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> is that he um, he was in their bathroom, and I guess on the bottom of their mirror or above their sink or somewhere near there, she had, like, price tags, like, I'm guessing, like, those little white ones or orange ones you put, like, on um stuff when you're pricing it down or something like the stickers yeah and on on them it said like selena and chris and like selena and chris forever or something and so he said you know i noticed them one day when i was like washing my hands or in the bathroom and i realized you know this is why i'm here like because she's not here anymore and i think a lot of the cast had to like deal with that heaviness and even Edward James almost talked about like you know it was like one of the hardest filming experiences because her family was there and they were all they're doing this movie because of her absence and because of her death which just seems like a really hard thing to do especially I'm not a hundred percent sure but I feel like for me, at least, this is like one of the only mu- musician biopics that I can recall where it's like right after someone's death and and they're so young and it's like not a lot of time has passed. Whereas like sometimes you get biopics like like probably like La Bamba, where it's like, yes, that tragic thing happened, but it happened kind of a long time ago. Yeah, there's been time like in, not in I don't want to say there's ever enough time for grief to pass. But I was going to bring that up earlier. So I'm glad you mentioned it that like, there was a very quick turnaround between this movie and her death. And in most biopics where the artist is deceased, it's usually they've been deceased for some time. Um, So yeah, I, 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 and it kind of just goes back to that point that we had brought up earlier about um, that no doubt if she, if Selena had not died, that this biopic probably would not have been made because she was really just getting started at that point. Yeah. 
I think um, I want to say Edward James almost also brought this up because I think he said something along the lines of like, obviously, if she didn't die, we wouldn't be doing this. But like, this movie would have happened like later in her life in her career, where it's like, mm-hmm. let's honor her yeah. versus yeah, or like let's celebrate her long illustrious career versus like her tragic passing. One one last quote I want to share from like the JLo interviews that she said that there's a part of you that grows and the best characters that you do and that Selena was that for her. And I truly believe that because I think this is where you start to see her career take off. And to me, this is like one of her, if not her most iconic role. And it's like that damn green Versace dress for her. It's just like, it's like for me, like when I think of JLo, I think of Selena, the movie, the Versace dress, yep. and like her relationships. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, and hopefully going, and, oh, and I was going to say, and going forward, maybe this podcast, but. <laughs> yes, we're going to be up there. Okay. So. I would be talking a lot because I guess I decided that I was the authority on Selena and I just wanted to really research a lot because I have obsessive tendencies and this is why I had a Selena phase in middle school and now this is just like the big version of that (laughs) and I get to subject people to like actually listening to me talk about it. Um, Okay, so now... We can talk about the cast of the movie, which I think is an amazing cast. Not anybody that I would recast, but there's some interesting factoids about the cast, how they were assembled. I mentioned that Selma Hayek um, turned down the role. So the movie she was filming, I, I do have a note. It was Fool's Russian. That's what she did instead with Matthew Perry. Fool's Russian, um, right, right, right. Yeah. I and say I that like I've seen the movie, which I didn't. You know what? I might have to watch it now that we've mentioned it twice. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great way to find more things to watch. Um, obviously, she she said she was offered it and turned it down. One thing that Selma Hayek mentioned that I thought was interesting was that so um, in a lot of the behind the scenes stuff about the movie and whatnot, they always mentioned that, you know, they had open calls for the casting of Selena and like young Selena and that 20,000 people auditioned and all this stuff. And she mentions that she like was like, you know, in honesty, it was like me, Jennifer and BB Guyatin. And there's no way that like they were really considering like some of these just non-experienced people to act in this movie like Mm -hmm. and she thinks it was more so of a promotion play i i kind of believe that a little bit they did find um rebecca lee mesa who plays young selena Mm -hmm. from the open casting call so some good did come from it but i do think it could have been like a duality thing of promo and maybe a little bit of a search oh and then the 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 person they (sighs) The person the Quintanilla family preferred over JLo, she was, I believe, from the casting call. She wasn't an actress. Oh, okay. And I saw a little bit of JLo's um, screen test um, mm-hmm. on YouTube. And 
they had her do this scene where she goes in to tell Chris that, you know, she can't, she's tired of like sneaking around and let's just get married and stuff. And even like in the screen test, I was like, oh man, like this is so good. <laughs> like, and what their chemistry or just her acting? Well, okay. So in the screen test, John Sato, I don't know. I'm guessing he hadn't been cast by then. So he wasn't in the screen test with her. It was actually um, Jacob Vargas who plays AB mm-hmm. and who also played her husband in Me Familia. So they already had a little bit of chemistry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's still weird because obviously, you know, Later on, he plays her brother, but sure. she's doing the screen test with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, she just stood out in terms of having the ability to actually play the role and, you know, do it justice. And once they saw that, it was like a no-brainer. And then I thought it was interesting, too, that they had a press conference for to announce the ca- casting of her and Rebecca Lee Mesa. Interesting. Well, I wonder if that, I mean, just given the time that this movie was made, if the choice was to have a press conference um, just because that's what they did or because of like Selena's fan base was so strong and still so loyal and very active um, posthumously that like, I felt like a lot of them were so like if they knew that a biopic was going to be made, that they're going to be kind of waiting on pins and needles on who's going to be playing some of these roles. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's definitely part of it, especially to like when you get into behind the scenes stuff about like having the crowds and like the scene that's supposed to be in the Houston Astrodome, the last concert she did in the purple outfit that the, extras in there like they filled it wasn't the astrodome it's the alamo dome fun fact um, <laughs> they were able to do like those large like uh extra calls and stuff like that because of probably things like having the press conference having the audition because people were anticipating that a movie's being made and stuff and they were able to reach out in that way because people already were probably aware um another casting thing that i thought was interesting was like um jackie guerra who plays suzette she lied about being able to play the drums to get the role and so she had to have like very last minute lessons and she had like a week or so like before they started shooting to like when she got hired to like learn the script learn how to drum or like look like she knows how to drum drumming's hard man especially if you're singing at the same time too which they did yeah and um john Seda also had guitar lessons with chris um and they got close they still keep in touch it seems like um think i mentioned this when we did my family but Jennifer Jacob Vargas, Edward James Almos, Constance Marie, and Jackie Guerra, and I want to say young Suzette were all in my family, which is also a Gregory Nava movie. Holy shit. Okay, I didn't I I remember talking about I mean at, at least the casting between um the actor who plays her husband and A B. What's his name? Mm-hmm. Jacob Vargas. Thank you. Um, I remember that being like a huge point of discussion, but 
I did, I forgot that connection that there were so many crossovers. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it just goes to show you like if a, if a director likes a cast or if a cast at least works really well together, um, that they will continue to work with that same director and writer. And I, I think these actors together playing this family worked really well. Like they had legit family chemistry with fighting and moments of joy and moments of sorrow. And um, it, it felt very believable for me. Yeah. And I think part of that too, is because um, I think beside, besides Jackie Guerra, a lot of them did spend time in Corpus with the actual family, but also like together as a cast. Mm -hmm. So they would go to dinners as the, like the cast family and the regular family together. So they were spending all this time together. So they really did get to build up some of that chemistry together and get to know one another and whatnot. And so I think that just lends to the success really of the movie. And um, I also thought it was funny because I always thought like Constance Marie, because she starts out like, you know, she plays young and old um, Marcella Quintanilla. And um, I always thought it was like bizarre because she looks so good young. And then like, I have refreshed my memory that she's only four years older than Jennifer Lopez. And uh -huh. she's actually younger than Jackie Guerra, who played Suzette. She actually intend, like wanted to play Selena, but got the, got the role for Marcella. And they, um, I also learned that they aged her up via makeup. Oh, totally. Which I never, I never noticed. I just thought like, obviously, like you can do a lot with wigs and clothing and accessories and like those ugly glasses. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I actually saw footage of her getting like prosthetics, like the, um, the age makeup on and it's not like really intense or anything. Right. It was interesting too that Edward James almost he like gained a lot of weight to play Abraham, and then after watching the series, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> um, it's my homework to watch. <laughs> but after watching the series again, um, I think he like really went out of his way to try to look like Abraham, which like they shaved like his hairline back plucked his hairline and stuff to make it more receding Ooh, to match Abraham's wow. and yeah like I thought that was commitment because first of all they had to talk him into that really but it, I think it really pays off and in comparison to the series like the actor who plays Abraham in the series is kind of like a he's a very generously uh, nicer looking uh, portrayal I think and they didn't go that extra step, which really, I think, sells this portrayal of him. But um, I just had, like, a question about, like, other biopic casting and stuff, like, yes, opinions. And before you ask that, I do remember when I was watching this, you had mentioned that piece about Constance Marie. And I, I said that name right. 
Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> um, I remember you had mentioned you're just like, all right, Simone, when you re go back and watch this, like, I always just remembered that she was like way too pretty to like play a, a maternal role. And immediately in my notes, I said, I see what Bria meant. Constance Marie is so pretty. It is hard to place her in a maternal role or something um, because it, she just are more natural because her her beauty just really pops through. And that's not to say that Marcella Quintanilla is not, you know, a beautiful woman at all. But yeah. it's like it, it's it, it's it's hard when you have someone who's so naturally beautiful um, to kind of like play them down yeah um and i guess more like simplify their look or whatever but i totally saw what you meant there so the footage of constance marie getting like her old age makeup and just makeup and stuff done in general there's also a part where they're like doing her hair and the real marcella is there with her Mm -hmm. and they did a hell of a good job because (laughs) i was like oh damn like so now let's talk about favorite moments in the movie. Um, I really love how the first half of the film, even though, yes, we're talking about Jennifer Lopez's performance. Okay, wait. So what's your halfway point? Oh, my halfway point would be like, I honestly felt, or at least this is what it felt like to me. I did not look in comparison to actual screen time, but mm-hmm. it felt as though at least a half of the movie had focused on Selena's um, childhood um, and growing up as a kid. And uh, when her, when Abraham had discovered her musical talents and then thrusting his family into making music um, and going from various jobs of having his kids perform, whether it's at a restaurant or a county fair. Um, And then again, when they're older, but I felt like I really, although I really enjoyed Jennifer Lopez's performance as Selena, we, I, I really enjoyed watching the actress who played her as a kid because I, I think that's a little Shakespearean and a critique in me. I like, I'm so <laughs> critical of like child actors. <laughs> like, you have to really be good. And <laughs> otherwise, it just comes across like this. I'm acting and I'm a child actor. And they'll like have that tendency to really overdo it. Yeah. And I think that that it transferred so well between Selena as a as a child versus Selena as an adult um or young adult because it, she really still had so much of that naivety and brightness and youthful spirit. Um so I thought that that was really sweet. I just want to say, I think that attributes to the fact that they literally just found Rebecca Lee Mesa. Hell yeah. She wasn't like a child actor, just like, I'm here and I'm going to be Selena, like like you said. And I agree, some child actors, and I, I feel like it's rare that like kids, like something's their first like breakout role they like, and they never. talent. Yeah, yeah, like or they were just discovered or right yeah. i i agree like i 
like the grooming of childhood actors of like you go to acting school dance school singing school all this stuff to be this like triple quadruple six tuplet whatever threat of like <laughs> all the talents that you have right like to really get you that competitive edge versus it's it's so rare when you do find someone that you that you can just like pluck them off the street and they just they just got what it got yeah okay so you really liked the younger portrayal of selena and her childhood and leading up to there yes and then because i love music i love i love biopic movies about musical artists i love musical movies anything that has to do with singing like i will get really really into it i got incredibly emotional um when they um after okay so the scene after the grammys um and uh when they did the um recording of fall in love with you even though even though it's i well i don't want to say even though we know that Jennifer Lopez did not sing in this film. Um, and this is something that I had to go back and, and fact check and double check. But it, she sings the first few notes of Como La Flor. But with everything else, it was Selena's voice. And I forgot how like goosebumpy it was. So all of a sudden I wrote, oh, my God, am I crying to fall in love with you? <laughs> and then I was just like, oh. And then I said, did J-Lo actually sing, sing, dub, mix? She like singed exclamation point. Not surprised it sounded different. And JLo isn't known for being like a belter. Like she's good. She's like known for having these really fun like dance hits, but she's yeah. known for these like gut wrenching ballads. And so yeah, um, Kevin came out when I was watching that part and he was like, You crying? I was like, but yeah, no, totally agree. That part of the movie is so well acted and just like hits you. Oh, that song's just great. Mm-hmm. Um, is that it? Like anything else? Any other? Oh, I mean, yeah. Okay. So another fun part was um, when the uh, Quintanilla children are driving their tour bus. Um, and they break down and that a beautiful Chevy Impala pulls up with like mustard lined seating fabric. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then they're just like, oh, that's Selena's car. I'm not going to mimic an accent because I'm not about to try and get myself under that hot water. But they're like, oh, it's Selena's car. Like anything for you, anything for you. And I just thought that, that was so funny. Um, yeah. But mostly because that car was so fucking bitchin'. Um, and, and the then, mural um, on the hood. Like. Yes, yes. And then any any part that had singing and performing, which so much of it did, that even though this movie isn't a musical, to me it felt like a musical because the songs and segments of performances were long. Usually in biopic films, they're more focused on the behind the scenes and not so much as the actual performances, maybe with some of the exceptions of like, I'm thinking of Bohemian Rhapsody and they spent a lot of time with the, um, the Live Aid. yes, thank you. Live Aid concert. Um, and Rocket Man, that was just practically a fucking musical. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. 
Um, but this felt like I really liked how the performances um, were. It felt like a, I was watching a music video within the movie, um, yeah. which was so enjoyable. And of course, all the outfits. We are going to talk about <laughs> sequins. We are going to be talking about bralettes. We are going to be talking about so Boostiers. many. Boostiers, honey. Yes, so much. So I obviously have a ton of food <laughs> on, my, on my notes. Um, one thing I did want to say, though, about like the the performances that you talked about, like in them being so well incorporated in the movie, that was like also very intentional by Gregory Nava. He wanted the performances and like the songs that they featured to also like be uh, like a catalyst for like what was going on in selena's life and i think they did a really good job of that especially because she has so many songs and i yes yeah i've dived deeper into her catalog than just what is in the movie now because that's obviously what i knew before and like there's so many more songs that i'm like oh my god like how do you pick and narrow down like what to feature in the movie and i think they did did an amazing job like obviously picking her really popular songs but also like featuring them in a way where it helps the storytelling it's not just like oh we're gonna throw coma with floor in here like it helps progress the story and give it and to me coma with floor is like one of the climaxes of the movie without getting into like too many of the performances because we could talk about those (laughs) <laughs> whole bunch um again young selena in the beginning like went before we switch over she's like on the roof and Suzette's like what are you doing up here and like the whole sequence where she's like i'm dreaming and like oh, like and then also it's also like there's some beautiful like foreshadowing in this movie too because yeah. you have that Thing, and then you wind up having her make this amazing song called Dreaming of You. And then at the end, the Dreaming of You sequence also kind of ties in with that beginning scene of her being like on the roof looking at the moon. And you're just, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And then um, the other, another scene that's like beautiful foreshadowing to me, I don't know if this is intentional, but the movie starts out with the astrodome performance and it is true to the astrodome performance that she starts out with a disco medley but in the disco medley one of the songs is like um i will survive and unfortunately she doesn't and then um last 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 chance for love i was like oh it's so ominous but it's factual like you couldn't write that in the movie like it actually played out that way and it's just like damn that's some powerful like foreshadowing because they could have opened it with the astrodome concert and not necessarily opened it with that medley she performed a ton of other songs too but like i thought that was like an either an interesting choice or just like an amazing chance that it really works well that way. Um, obviously, the anything for Selena's line is super iconic. Mm-hmm. Like that, that part's amazing. Um, and I can't even 
say more than you said on that, except that it's just like amazing. And obviously as a kid, I definitely latched on to that line. Um, I think it's super cute when um, Selena and Chris get pizza and you mentioned that in your opening when she's talking about like her diet and how she like loves to eat pizza and stuff. And she thinks it's funny that people are like, so what do you you, like eat to stay in shape? And she's just like... I just eat pizzas <laughs> with double pepperoni, lots of Coke, and scarf down nachos <laughs> or uh, Doritos. Doritos nachos. Um, another you don't look like Selena, so <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't look like her, and I'm pretty sure that's like part of my diet. <laughs> that's not the whole thing, but <laughs> so. um, another part I thought was super, um super amazing that like they included and also in in terms of looking into like selena and i listened to an amazing podcast um about her called anything for selena's and it really highlighted to me to this scene where abraham is talking to selena and ab about yes going to mexico and how like they have to be more Mexican than the Mexicans and more American than American. And as another person of color, I too sometimes feel that way and straddle that fence. And it's an interesting struggle, I think, for immigrants and just people of of color, because it's like, we all have our own cultures that we have to, like, we're just innately a part of. But then again, like, we're also American. So there are things that are just American about being in America. <laughs> There's actual uh interviews of Selena like on um Christina and Johnny Canales obviously where she is you know she does have some spanglish mm-hmm. moments and I think that obviously makes her endearing because you see like she's normal, she's human and she's not perfect. But it also it, that's part of her legacy is like why she's so relatable for Mexican-Americans because yeah. they have to straddle that fence and and they're from Texas and they have Texas accents but also speak Spanish and then they don't speak it perfectly and they might throw a little English in there but that's also their culture as Teanos, as Texas Mexican-Americans. So I, I think that scene is probably really important for that context um obviously when abraham is like big mad and finally is like enough everybody off the bus and Mm -hmm. that whole thing is like oh shit like she's about to pop off and it's pretty accurate to what happened in real life so yeah that's it happened a little differently based on chris perez's books um selena with love he said that it was more so him and selena were just like hanging out on the bus and suzette came and saw them and they had been dating secretly and everyone kind of knew and then all of a sudden it's like suzette had a problem so she like came on and was like like these two again but they were not doing anything they were just like they were sitting separately they were just sitting on the bus together Mm-hmm. And so she left, and then all of a sudden, instead of her coming back, Abraham comes back and is just like, This is over, this stops, and blah, blah, blah. That is probably Edward James almost's uh, highlight scene because 
he made me scared. I was like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then the iconic mall scene where she has like her pretty woman moment. Oh, hell yes, she does. <laughs> <laughs> love that scene i see uh, it on tiktok all the time like people recreating it and stuff yes. and lip syncing to it and like it's just like a shove it in your face when she's like excuse me we don't need the dress or like when the lone white girl in the crowd of all these like mexican-american fans <laughs> is just and she's just like what's going on and she's like she's selena she's here for the grammys like you're just like where'd you come from <laughs> but, she did have fans outside of just Mexican-American fans or Mexican fans yeah. or Latinx fans. Like she had like just regular gringos in Texas <laughs> were listening to Tiano music too. It was getting that popular. Even a young Beyonce knew of Selena and met her in a mall and knew who she was and said hi. And so now we get to talk about how outfits okay so before we even brush the surface of selena outfits can i please give it up for my homegirl suzette rocking overalls for like the entire movie and it's like not just one kind of overall like she had different colors different variants and i was one hundred percent there yes because when i was also looking at selena outfits i was also like looking at like can we talk about anyone else's wardrobe and i definitely noticed suzette's uh overall game was on point so i love that because she is a curvier woman as a as a curvier person myself i just and like where sometimes and blah, 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 this is like personal, whatever. But like sometimes I have a hard time like finding something that would like suit my body or like I get frustrated in moments where I'm like need to dress my body. And so seeing that like small little visibility, I was like, oh, oh, OK. Yes. <laughs> so exciting but and let's not front your overalls enthusiast so. I, I am an over i would like to think of myself as somewhat of an overalls enthusiast yeah i've collected sewer. A- <laughs> i mean i own a few pairs i own a few pairs let's say that um all right yes so Suzette, amazing fashion thank you for those yes. overall moments all right Shana. bria what is your favorite selena outfit is it can you can you name a favorite i have mine i'm terrible at favorite anything <laughs> before we started recording i was like oh my favorite outfit and bria was like like she almost her screen to close my lips to be like we're gonna talk about it yeah i can't i can't i'm very bad at picking favorite anything like if someone was like, what's your favorite album? What's your favorite movie? Like, and it's because like, I feel like I, I, I could just explain, like, I like this because of this. And I like this because of this. So like, so like with Selena movie and first of all, the movie is very like surface level of Selena fits because oh, for sure. 
I I did some Instagram, Pinterest, Google dives, <laughs> and just watching also her YouTube performances. There's some outfits that are not in this movie that are amazing. Mm-hmm. And then also the series, that is one thing they have over the movie is that they feature a lot more of her, like what um, someone called caterpillar outfits, <laughs> which is like her weird 80s phase. <laughs> no, no. It's just more so that like that's her like phase of her like figuring out her look, trying stuff, that's experimenting. Yeah, exactly. So you get more of her like awkward fashion Got phase. And in the movie, it. you get more of a refined, like like what she's known for her iconic bustiers and you know, tight pants and stuff like that. So um ooh, don't you can tell me yours because I, I can't <laughs> tell you mine. Okay, so it was it was um there I think it was the first full performance we see as Jennifer Lopez playing Selena at the county fair. Um and she has uh, they've accumulated quite a bit of a crowd um in front of them and she's wearing a jean jacket and a pair of jeans but now uh between her and her siblings and her mother um she does another outfit reveal and she kind of looks back at her at Suzette and Suzette's like, hell yeah, do it. And she takes her jacket off. And it's just this adorably simple yet fabulous black bustier with these pairs, with these jeans. And the way that we have at this age of Selena with, with short bob hair straight across bangs, it just did a lot of things for me. And that I was like, what I wouldn't give, what I wouldn't give to be able to like have the confidence to wear something like this would just be so great. Yes. But I think that that was the first outfit, at least in the movie, that made me go, even though we had seen a lot of really great like bits and pieces of like flash forwards of her later outfits and everything. But you know, like you had talked about this in the beginning of like, when you think of Jennifer Lopez, you think of X, Y, and Z, and one of them being her fashion. And I, I think that she was such a smart choice for this role because this was like pre-saucy Jennifer Lopez fashion. Um, mm-hmm. But this gave us a really good um, preview of like some of her fashion inspiration to come. So Yeah, yeah. I um, <clears throat> I just wanted to say too, since we're, we are talking about Selena in the movie more so that um, J-Lo's body type is really like a good match to yes. for Selena because yes. that is also one thing with Christian Serratos from the series that is kind of like, mm. like J-Lo wore those outfits like she was Selena. <laughs> so yeah. Like yeah. their body types matched up well, which JLo mentioned in an interview in 1998 in uh, details where she says that she believes like the conversation obviously around her infamous asset mm. started because of Selena and the outfits from the movie. Yeah, and then um, I also, I found an interview with the the costume design director um elizabeth barrago she's an italian costume designer i liked 
two quotes from her and uh, about making the outfits because even though they still had Selena's outfits, which I'm dying to go to Corpus Christi to go to the Selena Museum to see. <gasps> There's a Selena Museum. Okay, so I have like two road, road trips in my mind. The last blockbuster in the <laughs> Selena Museum. <laughs> but those aren't those in opposite directions? Lock, last blockbusters in Oregon, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, they don't have to be together, but just just in right. my mind recently, I was like, you know what? So we're jumping the gun here. But Sorry. they have <laughs> they now have a music festival in honor of Selena called Fiesta de la Flor. And artists like Pitbull and other people come and they perform of course and stuff it's like that. Pitbull. And, of course. <laughs> and they perform and stuff. And um part of me is like, hmm, that might be like the ultimate Selena trip trek is to like go to Fiesta de la Flor, visit the museum, visit her gravesite, visit her um her statue, and you know. Maybe roll by her old house in Corpus or something. Um, but yeah, I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> but um, so back to the costume director. Um, I I didn't realize like how much went into making the costumes because they're so good. And if you look at side by sides, they're like pretty spot on. There's some things that are a little different here and there, but they are grade A in terms of uh, recreation. Elisabetta Baraldo said that the tricky thing was that everybody remembered exactly who she was as a fashion icon and a singer. And the famous like concert at the Texas Astrodome was very recent and that people felt like they had just seen her light up the stage there and they remembered what exactly her styles were supposed to look like. And that she felt so lucky because the also an infamous thing that, well, not infamous, but a thing in Chris's book was like a lot of the times when Selena would go hang out with him and spend time with him, she would go to San Antonio and she would use the excuse of going to look for fabric and fabric shopping for her costumes and stuff. And so a lot of the, um, Back to Elizabeth, a lot of the fabric shops and stuff, like obviously she hadn't been passed on that long, still had like some of the material and stuff that she used. So they were able to actually buy the same material to remake some stuff. Oh, and they had a lot of her patterns still so they could actually use like her patterns and they could use the seamstress she used and stuff. So I think that lends like so much to like being able to recreate like those looks. I mean, some of this stuff she said had to be changed because it didn't work so much on um, for film, you know, being able to be captured and stuff. So like the purple outfit. They had to add pink Sversky crystals to get more of a pop of color. That's great information I didn't know about prior to looking into that. Um, and I wouldn't have guessed they had to do anything extra besides just like look at pictures and be like, okay, I'm recreate that. <laughs> yes. So I I added a bunch of pictures to where I'm sharing a bunch of pictures of some of my yep. favorite looks from the movie a lot of them are of older j-lo selena so the first one i tried to go chronologically 
The first one is her when the bus breaks down and she has on like that cute little peasant top and booty shorts. And I, I think this outfit is great because I think at this time, it's still trying to portray her like obviously as a teenager and still kind of young in, in an innocent way. And even though she has like on a crop top and like relatively short shirts, shorts, you can tell like she's she doesn't have the body confidence and like sex appeal that she has like later on in the film. I, I think I just love JLo in a ponytail. <laughs> so yeah. um the look when she's designing the cow print outfits in her bedroom prior to, I think after this is when Chris like comes to audition. Again, I think it's the same as the other outfit where, you know, she's still like relatively young and like cutesy kind of still. I think it's also very Texas, like the top she has. Oh, seems very like, yeah, yeah very Western mm-hmm. kind of. Um, then we get into concert outfits, which... Um, actually, I skipped one because we open with the cow print outfit w- during an early performance of Komala Floor. Mm-hmm. So I love that outfit. I think it's one of her most iconic looks because it's just like, who, who the fuck is wearing cow print like, on stage? <laughs> like, and I don't think anybody's even like tried to recreate it. I don't know, probably, but I haven't seen anyone. I mean, I've seen things that are similar in style to some of the jumpsuits um, and maybe the matching pants and like bustier combination or like the bustier bra, but with the the long sleeves that go Mm -hmm. with it too, which is what I thought you meant earlier when you had said caterpillar look. I was like, oh, like the... Like the thing that that, that goes, and I'm like mimicking this thing, and no, 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 like like a literal caterpillar, like metamorph. I was like, (laughs) right, but like I see, I see some of that, those outfits with like the longer, puffier sleeves. That's very like flamenco dancer, yeah, yeah, and like so fun. Yeah, I love that look too. So then you have the beady beady bum bum like outfits, and that includes like the flamenco like sleeved like kind of skirt dress half yes. thing she has on the boost day also Jayla's wearing a bun so love a ponytail um and just i love that sequence because it's like three no it's four different outfits performances and yes. they're all like it's just all like beautifully put together agreed and so that means that that would have that jennifer lopez would have had to film eat that song at least one time through in all of those outfits and then to be like cut and segmented and it kind of reminds me of like how in like the age of trl and music videos when we would see that with performance performers um having so many different outfit changes throughout the video but they're still continuously like singing to that song and i remember thinking as a kid like man Poor Brittany, she has to like change in and out of these clothes to like just sing these few words of this song. And it wasn't until it's probably Leah, my sister, told me she's like, like making just... the video. Yeah, oh, <laughs> duh. Yeah, with making the video, I was like, I'm so fucking stupid. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, that's how stuff works when you're a kid. You you don't understand how stuff gets made and. Again, uh, props to her in terms of like the way she played this role because 
for her to consistently, like you said, do this at least like in four different outfits for how many ever takes and for it all to be spliced together and look pretty like consistent and stuff. Props to her. And this is pre like music for JLo. Like it's not like she was doing concerts and music videos and she had that under her belt. She's a dancer, but she wasn't a singer yet. So she had to like she had to learn about that on this movie. And she does say that this movie made her want to pursue music, like being on stage and stuff. So the only beauty beauty bum bum outfit I don't really care for is like the rhinestone hat and the black bustier. Like I just I think I don't like like her hair being tucked in the hat, and that's just me. But it's just a personal preference. I know that the the outfit where she's outside in the rhinestone red and silver bustier and stuff is iconic. There are people who have done that for Halloween costumes, lookalike contests. But my favorite is kind of the the flamenco one's really good, but it's featured less. But the red outfit. Like JLo looks amazing in red. Oh, so good! And that's the that's where her hair is kind of in like this half up high ponytail, right? So- that is amazing. It's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> amazing hair. Like I'm just if I could if I could uh, if I could just have all of this like copy pasted onto me and I looked that good. God damn it. <laughs> where I would be in life. Ugh. Okay. So, I have those outfits. Um also, let's feature some um casual uh Jayla Selena outfits. Yes. So, after Chris is in the hotel room that gets trashed, she's probably chilling in her hotel room before shit happened. <laughs> her yeah. shit popped off. Only weirdly enough, that was the only time where I was slightly taken out of Jennifer Lopez's performance as Selena just because to me, that just looked like more of a casual Jennifer Lopez look or like maybe a little bit more how similar casual looks had been to some of her previous roles that we had already talked about in this season. So to me, it looked like it was just a young Jennifer Lopez, not a young Jennifer Lopez playing Selena versus when she was in some of more of those iconic outfits that Selena is known for. I was like, oh, OK, this is yeah. Selena. And at one point, it almost felt like I was watching Jennifer Lopez now because, and we can talk about this all damn day, how Jennifer Lopez has aged quite amazingly. And there were times- we recast this movie, we're just recasting. I mean, shit, yeah. I mean, she probably couldn't play (laughs) Selena like when she was first starting out, but like in some of her later performances- Hell yeah, she definitely could. And she's twice the age of, well, a little bit less, but like almost yeah. she's 50, right? So No, she's over twice the age because she's 50. Selena was only 23, so. Yeah, anyways. Oh my God, I can yeah. do math. Anyways, <laughs> but yeah, I like it thought. I was like, honestly, so much of this looks like how Jennifer Lopez just looked right now as a performer. And like, God damn it. God damn it. I want to talk to her esthetician so bad. So another like casual scene that I liked was when they go to the fair or wherever and she goes bungee jumping. Yeah. And 
but I I like that outfit because it is just super casual. But like she has these like amazing rhinestones, like Texas big belts, and belts were big in the '90s in general. But also, it's a very Texas thing too. And then um, my other last favorite casual outfit is when she's mowing the grass because one. Her ass looks amazing in those in those spandex. The pictures you uploaded were like a very nice angle, a very long angle. Of I worked time. hard to get to get a screen cap of that scene. Uh, I, I just think too. Again, it just screams like just normal person outfit. Like someone would wear that today still. And th- and that's just the beauty of Selena's fashion in general. I feel like it's just become timeless. Like it really just transcends the '90s now. Like it's just still amazing. And then last, oh well, not even last. <laughs> so, <laughs> then um, another performance outfit is the "Dreaming of You" sequence dress, which I think looks amazing on Jennifer's body again. And is this then the white one. Yes. And then last but not least is, again, the I Could Fall in Love performance, but also the confrontation with Yolanda. I think J-Lo, the J-Lo we know now is very much like dewy and glowy and gold and like diamonds and like white and like pristine kind of stuff and, and the green dress. But like she looks amazing in black and like dark lipstick. Ugh, it's just like quintessential 90s but like she looks amazing i know at one point i had said do i want bangs question because not a lot of people can pull off that straight across bang look and i'll be damned j-lo she looks really good oh she has had bangs since then but she hasn't had dark hair i feel like since no the 90s. yeah no i mean and this is like yeah 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 this is like it's dark it's pretty straight and it's cute it's so cute yeah so those those are all of my favorite looks because i didn't choose just one and i didn't even we didn't even mention the purple outfit from the astrodome concert because it's just it transcends like it's just like <laughs> you think of selena that's what you think okay so we will wrap up with outfits and iconic Ness and just JLo's beauty. All right. Well, till next time, um, everyone, we will see you. And if you haven't watched Selena, now's your time to do it. And now's your time to uh, also look up some performances of the real deal and the well, how you feel about some of these side by side comparisons. All right, and a beady beady bum bum to all you guys out there. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. And to the people who've stuck with us so far, please come back for another episode of the Great Value version of Inside the Actor Studio. <laughs> Seriously, though, if you like us enough to stick around, take another deep dive down this IMDb rabbit hole with us as we discuss a most important part two to Selena's everything anything for Selena's uh, next week and on that note if you've got nothing better to do go listen to some Selena and maybe go figure out a theme to watch a bunch of movies you've never seen I'm your host Simone 
and I'm your host, Bria, and this has been another episode of Roll Call. Roll Call.